Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So welcome back again to part three of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley. Joined in studio here actually by Brother Maliki, uh, Maliki Thompson, who's a Cistercian uh, monk from Rascray, and also Shane. Shane, you got a few things you'd like to ask Brother at this particular stage? Yeah, I suppose this morning what we wanted to do, we wanted to uh, explore with uh, Brother Maliki the Cistercian life, and I suppose what it is to be a Cistercian monk in Ireland today. So I suppose, um, Brother Maliki, you know, you, Ross Cray, um is, I suppose, the, the, the it's Saint Mount, Mount St. Joseph is known, I suppose, for the school in Ross Cray. You, you have a boarding school. But I suppose it's also, it's home to a community of Cistercian monks. And I suppose one of the questions people would say, well, who and what are the Cistercians? Well, good morning, Shane. Um, it's great to be here, as I said. Who are the Cistercians? It's, it's a huge question, and really we could probably devote a whole program to it. So I'll try to give you a very shortened-down snapshot of who we are. We're actually a reform movement of the Benedictine Order. So we're actually, if you like, a breakaway movement of the Benedictine Order. So in the year 1098, three, a group of monks led by Abbot Robert of Malame, a monastery in France, left the Benedictine Order to form a new uh, community. And really their aim was to live the life more authentically, uh, with a greater simplicity uh, than what they felt their life was being lived in the monastery where they were at the time. So really, we, we, we don't have one founder. We have three founders. Uh, so. Robert, Albrecht and Stephen would be the, the three men associated with, with the forming of the Cistercian Order and we were formed in 1098 in France. But it, Saint Malachy of Armar would be the man, and that's why I chose the name Malachy, uh, would be the man responsible for bringing the Cistercians to Ireland. He was on his way to Rome in 1139 when he stopped off at Clairvaux. He was on his way to visit Pope Innocent and he was responsible for the forming, the setting up of Mellifont Abbey in 1142. So that was the first Cistercian Abbey in Ireland. Uh, and Mount St. Joseph Abbey itself was founded in 1878. So we're a daughter house of Mount Mallory in which was founded in 1832. Uh, so we're a daughter house of Mount Mallory. So we, we owe a great, huge debt to Count Arthur Moore, who actually purchased the lands. Uh, the, land was, we, the land was bought from a English clergyman, Richard Heaton, because the local townland where we're based is actually count, called Mount Heaton. Um, so we have a great debt to Count Arthur Moore uh, because the land the monks put up a mortgage of 5,000 and Count Arthur Moore put up the other 10,000 to purchase the land so we, we moved to Mount St. Joseph Abbey in 1878 uh, so that's a very snapshot of who we are and where we are and I suppose, but I suppose one of the questions is, it gives us an idea, I suppose, of the history of, of, the, of the community and where it has come from in terms of its history from France. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of the things about Cistercians, of course, is actually your nickname 
if you like, uh, because you're the or the Cistercians of the Strict Observance. You're actually your nickname nickname is Trappists, or yeah. used to be Trappists. Mm-hmm. So um, because you were seen as being uh, more authentically living, I suppose the the, the rule of Saint Benedict. Yes. But I suppose I suppose the question would be, you know, what is it that a Cistercian monk does? Because if you think about it, right. While we try to not do it, it's when we meet people today, I suppose one of the first questions we ask them is, well, what is it you do? Mm -hmm. What is it that a monk does? In one word, pray. Okay. Mm. And I'm, you know, I'm not being funny there, but basically, you know, the Cistercian way of life is a life of prayer. Um, It's a life of prayer, work and worship. Um, But central, I I mean, we're really, really honored uh, and privileged in that you, you know our day is structured around our prayer life so we 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 actually pray the liturgy of the hours but you you know we fit our work in or around our prayer life we we, we don't actually uh have to try fit our prayer life in or around our work so it's a contemplative life it's a it's a life where a monk feels he's been called to come away seeking union with god and it's underpinned by a desire to give oneself totally to god in everything one does Uh, it's a life uh, of witness to the primacy of god and of god in the world and it's a life of witness to the efficacy of prayer. So, you know, it's our et labora. We, we believe that we give glory to God in, you know, in our work and our prayer. So it's a very balanced life that we live, uh, but central and core to everything we do is giving God glory and witness to God through our prayer life, both community, community prayer and private prayer. One of the things that uh, is coming up in at the beginning of July is you're having a, I think it's like a come and see weekend or a vocations weekend. Yes. You know, so ca- why don't you tell us what that what that's involved, what's the idea behind it, and when exactly it's on? Okay. Well, we we schedule three weekends a year, uh, and ba- basically, I suppose you could call them. You know, it's a discernment weekend, a vocation weekend, or to sum it up. In two words, it's a weekend of discernment and discovery. Mm-hmm. It's a weekend, you, you know, for young men who may be discerning a religious vocation or, you know, may be feeling drawn to a, a deeper prayer life or, you know, feel that, you know, God is calling them in some way, you know, different to how they're living their life at present so it's an opportunity for men of that feel that call to come away and you know experience some quiet time and space so that they they can listen to the promptings of the holy spirit and you know maybe discover you know that god is calling them to a life of prayer and it's an opportunity for them to experience the rhythm of the monastic prayer life and you know see at first hand the life of a monk so the weekend actually runs obviously from friday to sunday but it's you know it's full in some ways but the 
it's very structured in that there's talks on Friday evening, Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. There's a tour of the monastery. And as well as that, there's an opportunity to meet individually with monks. And then there's, you know, plenty of time given for quiet time and private prayer. And, you, you know, it's really it's a twofold opportunity for them to spend some time in prayer, but also to learn about the monastic way of life. Uh, sorry, I, I'm at the start, I didn't actually say, what dates is that actually on, uh, Brother Malachi? It runs from Friday the 1st of July to Sunday the 3rd of July. So we generally try and encourage people, if they can, to, to arrive at the monastery any time between 2 and 5 o'clock. We have what we call evening prayer or vespers at, at half 5 on a Friday. So we try to encourage people to come along, you know, preferably be between three and five and that way i meet them in the guest house and we can get them settled into their room each each person attending the weekend has their own room it's an ensuite room uh, we get them settled in and then i you know i explain the structure of the weekend and show them where the church is and you know how we pray the office and it, it, it's good that if people are there to sort of for the first for Vespers, and that's the start of the weekend, and then we finish up with lunch on Sunday at two o'clock. Very good. But I suppose one of the things is, you know, when you when you talk about vocations and discernment and making space to, you know, just mm. figure out what exactly does that you that you want to do in life. I suppose someone the basic question I suppose someone would say, well, is, you know, why would someone want to be a monk, you know, in Ireland today? You know, it's a case of, you know, that's you know, you could have someone that could take a very simplistic view and say, ah, sure, that's you know, that's bygone, like that's no longer mm. relevant. You know, yeah, I suppose. You know what is it that the, you know that uh, a monk offers to, to to the church in Ireland today? Well, I suppose, like all vocations, uh, the call to come away and become a monk it, it is a response to a call from God. It, it, it's for men who feel drawn to you know a simple prayer life of prayer and work lived in community, and the life of a contemplative. Religious, it's a, live, a lived response to a call from God, heard within the heart. It's a call to come apart and enter more fully into the search for God. So, you know, we're, we're, we're seeking union with God through Christ. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a life marked by, you know, intense prayer. It's cultivated in silence and solitude and the contemplation of God. Well, holding the needs of the world and the church in the heart and in the presence of our prayer. So, and it's lived in community, which offers the constant invitation for conversion of heart. And in terms of, um, you know, in terms of uh, your, the, the community in Ireland and in terms of uh, the community in Ross Cray, how many are there? How many monks are there? And... Well, at, at the moment, mm-hmm. we, we, we have 13 uh, solemnly professed members in, in community in Ross Gray. Okay. And uh, actually, who, who's, your, who's your abbot at the moment? We're, we're, we're blessed. We, we, we've um, 
the youngest man in the community is our abbot but we're, we're blessed we uh, abbot richard purcell is our abbot mm. uh, uh, but he, he he he's an extremely talented man and uh, we're actually blessed to have him as abbot he, he's an inspirational leader and you you, you know a, a, a great uh, source source of guidance for the whole community and indeed i mean for for the order as well he mm. he contributes greatly to the order sometimes i suppose when we talk about vocations and vocation story and, and encouraging people to con- consider it and contemplate it i suppose one of the things um i i often say to to priests of my acquaintance is that sometimes we don't hear their story because yeah. Um, some, you know, because sometimes it's seen as being uh, a lonely life, it's seen mm-hmm. as being a strange life, but obviously it's not that way, you know, otherwise you, the men that are there wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't stay at it. So I suppose if we, you know, in terms of, a, sometimes I suppose the best way to encourage people to think about uh, any, any vocation maybe is we ask uh, those like yourself to come on the program maybe to tell us a small bit about their own story. Mm-hmm. In terms of their own their own journey in religious life, I suppose if you know, can you tell us like what was it that prompted you to enter into um, that journey at Mount Saint Joseph? Um, I suppose first, uh, when I speak about my own vocation story, I, I, I the first thing I always warn people is that I probably have um, one of the most uh, unexciting. <laughs> vocation stories in that um you know i didn't have any sort of road to damascus type experience or a lot of the time when you hear vocation stories people you know often have an event in their life that was you know critical in in their uh choice of of religious life or whatever uh or, you know, there was something missing in their life and, you know, they turned to religious life and found fulfillment. Whereas with myself, um, it was really over a period of years, a, sl- a slow, I might add, realisation that um, this is what God was calling me to. I mean, as a young man, um and I probably should say I only entered religious life when I was 40. Uh, I won't use the term late vocation because I don't think there is such a thing as a late vocation because I truly believe that people enter religious life when they're meant to. And, you know, but as a young man, you know, I, I, I would say that, you, you know, I didn't feel called to religious life uh, uh, was only, um, and I didn't know about the monastic way of life, and I didn't know about the Cistercians. But when I was about 33, I think, um, I worked for a company in in Dublin uh, as a sales director for a packaging company. And I, you know, I really loved the job, but depending on what time I got out of the office would de- would actually determine where I went to Mass that evening. And this particular evening I went to Mass in the Pro Cathedral and there was a, a leaflet lying on the bench uh, in the pew uh, advertising a young adults weekend at a Cistercian monastery. And I picked it up and read it and thought about it and prayed about it. And I said, sure, I'll go along. And... Um, so I went along on the Friday and 
it was a Friday in August and um, it turned out that uh, on the Saturday was the uh, Solemnity of Our Lady. But I got to the monastery very late on the Friday evening and the nun who greeted me in the guest house said, now the monks get up at four in the morning to pray and you're very welcome <laughs> to join them if you like, but don't feel you're obliged to. <laughs> so... Um, I said, oh, my God, what have I let myself in for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank God I did get up and I went down to the, the Abbey Church at four that morning and I was just awestruck. Yeah. And, you know, something changed in my heart there and then. And, you know, I remember thinking at the end of the office, sitting there in the Abbey Church in the dark and, you know, the sanctuary light flickering and the monks had chanted the office and it was just, you know, I was just awestruck. And, you know, as I say, something ignited, a flame ignited in my heart. And I remember thinking there and then, you know, could I become a monk? But then shortly after I sort of went, you know, no, snap out of that idea. You know, you're 33 oh. years of age, you have a great career, and, you, you, you know, monks were, what, you know, for holy people. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I kept feeling drawn back to the monastery and I was going back for weekends. But so, something else providential happened that weekend in that I met, I was standing at the guest house door, and um, a monk came along, and he sort of says, you know, is this your first time in the monastery? And I said, yeah. And he said, would you like to have a look around? And he brought me around. But it turned out that it was the abbot of the time, Father Lawrence Waltz, who's a wonderful man. And we struck up a relationship there and then. So every time I, when I visited the monastery after that, he'd always make it his business to come up and meet with me. And we'd go for a walk. So, you know, just over time, I was just absorbing the Cistercian values, you know, of humility, obedience, silence, solitude, and, you know, and I just grew, without actually really realising it, I just grew more and more in love with the place, the way of life, you know, and it got to the stage when I'd be leaving on a Sunday evening, all I was thinking of was coming back and I'd be in the office in work and I'd be thinking, what would the monks be doing in Ross Grey now? So, I mean, it just got stronger and stronger and it up to the stage where I finally had to sort of, you know, respond to it. So, you know, after speaking with, you know, Father Lawrence at the time and then Father Kevin Daly, who, who became abbot, um, it was decided that I'd do a live-in. So I did what called a live-in in 2005, August 2005. And the live-in is a sort of, you, you go and you lived, you spend six weeks in the community and you live the life of a monk for six weeks. You do everything that a monk does, but you still wear your own clothes. And at the end of it, there's no obligation either ways of how to move forward. Uh, but it's really the sort of last step in the discernment process. So, um, so it's it, it was a, an interesting an interesting journey, kind of almost like a a, 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 a kind of an accidental journey, you could say. Um, no, I don't think I'd say accidental at all. To be uh, to be honest with you, because when I look back at it now, there were so many providential things 
that happened along the way that, you know, I truly believe in my heart that, you, you know, God had only one plan for me in his life, and that was to be a monk in Mount St. Joseph Abbey in Ross Gray. It wasn't to be a monk in another monastery. It was a, to be a monk in Mount St. Joseph Abbey. And, you know, to realize my, I was probably slow in, you, you know, realizing how the, the, the call that I, I was experiencing uh, and then probably in some ways I probably fought it a little because you know as 30 odd years of age I had a great career I'd worked very hard to get where I was in my career so you know like when I started talking to friends and family about it you know I got to but you're giving up everything you know and mm. you've worked so hard mm -hmm. to get where you are so you know there, there was that but I wouldn't say accidental, no. I'd, when I look back, I think, you, you know, every step of the way, you, you know, I can pick out little markers that were key points on my journey to where I am today. So I'd say, no, it, it, it's very, very providential. I, I, okay. You know, I believe in my heart and soul that, you know, I am where God meant me to be and I'm living the life that God chose for me. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. I suppose I can, you know, to be to be able to say that. I suppose that you are, mm -hmm. you are where you feel you're meant to be. So, th what we're saying, I suppose, on this week's program is there's an invitation for others to undertake that journey, mm -hmm. and the 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 sermon, the Come and See weekend, is the first weekend. Sorry, give us the dates again, there, Brother Maliki. It runs from the first of July till the third of July. And uh, if people want to are interested or they want to participate in the weekend, what do they have to do? Uh, well, they can either contact me by email or text me on my mobile. Uh, all the information is up on our website and our Facebook page. And I've, but basically, uh, they can visit the website www.msjroscrea.ie mm -hmm. uh, and they can contact me via the information contact page of the website uh, or my mobile number is 085-833-8503 so they can ring that now as a contemplative monk I don't carry it with me all the time but there is a voicemail facility there and generally as I have on the message if people text on it you, you know I will get back to them a, a, as soon as I can Grand okay listen Brother Malachi thank you very much for coming on the programme with us this week and introducing us to uh, Cistercian Life and we'll, we'll remind people again of that upcoming weekend over the next couple of weeks John that's great Chad. thank yeah. you thank you so much Brother Malachi for coming as usual we never have enough time in this programme I know when, when I spoke with Brother Malachi before we started the programme I said listen we'll probably have a chat for about half an hour and Brother Malachi was saying half an hour <laughs> we haven't touched on half the things no, we wanted to say <laughs> but Brother Maliki has, uh, has very kindly invited us uh, to join him at some other time when it's convenient for himself and ourselves to join him in Ross Gray at the monastery maybe to chat a little bit more about their life and also maybe to get a few more stories some, some more vocation mm -hmm. stories so at this stage we've got to go miles behind time but there's a piece of music, uh, Brother, Brother Monica very kindly gave us a beautiful CD, uh, The Monks of, Mask, uh, of Ras Gray, entitled Salve. And there's one piece of music we're going to play out. Will you introduce that piece of music for us, please? 
Okay, well, every Cistercian monastery is dedicated to Our Lady, and the last prayer of the day is Compline, or night prayer. And the final act, final prayer of night prayer is when we switch off all the lights in the Abbey Church and just turn on the spotlight on the statue of Our Lady, and then we sing the Salve Regina, so this which is we'll play now. God bless you all now. God bless. Bye. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.